This is episode 7 of Shaping Logics. Uh, today we have a guest here, Luis Madrigal, who is... Uh, he works at Softy Ravinas, which is a local office in San Diego. Um, <clears throat> he's also from the same graduating class as myself. And we also have here Miguel Reyes and Hector Aramburo. And we're going to just talk, have a little discussion. Um, so I want to ask Luis... Where do you work, and what type of work is being done at your office? Yeah, I work at Soft Rubinus, and we do <clears throat> anything from uh, housing to large multi-unit dwellings, bridges, uh, master planning, and visioning. It's like a new term, I think, that's been out for huh. a few years, I guess. It's like a side term for master planning. Yep. I think it kind of covers most of what we do. It's a okay. lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so another question. Um, what was your role when you first started working at Softy? And how has it evolved into what you are currently doing? And I guess also, like, maybe talk a little bit about how... Because that was your first job right out of graduating, right? Right after graduating. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a little nerve-wracking. It was my first job. First... Yeah, first real job, first time working at office. Uh, didn't even know how lunch worked, um, but uh, yeah, I, I got hired to do uh, visioning work for UCSD, uh, and uh, that's kind of how I got involved with like making these like large scale, like huge university models, and kind of uh, figuring out how all this, all these files would be like linking together, mm-hmm. uh, and the university has like a a ton of projects going on at the same time so like we kind of facilitate like how they can see everything together or at different phases or like if xyz happens and then at this time or something doesn't get built like what does that look like so we kind of do like 3d modeling uh and uh, help them plan out some of that those logistics um so then just just to reiterate like what was you kind of talked a little bit about how what you were doing <clears throat> when you first started working, but how does it? What do you? How how has it changed from what you're doing now? Um, I think uh, it's changed just in the, f- I guess, in the way that like uh, I've gotten more responsibility and like now, uh, it's kind of <clears throat> turned from uh like this exercise that we were that the office was like trying to all of us were trying to figure out like kind of how we fit into the whole piece of like what the universities are like we we also have other clients that kind of do the same like we do the same thing for but like now we've kind of developed it into like a like a process of like helping the client kind of uh uh envision certain scenarios and like now I'm kind of more involved in like a little bit more of like the technical part so uh receiving like uh civil files or files from the university or from different other architects and uh kind of coordinating how everything kind of just gets managed and mm-hmm. just like uh put together hmm. yeah so it's kind of a yeah a little bit more uh, tech tech and then uh using kind of i guess like different software to to kind of figure out how like these things are actually going to work I think that's how I got, like, into so many different, like, I've been able to jump in jump in and out of different modes of softwares and pick them up a lot faster now. 
I guess I, I think it's like similar to languages or if you mm-hmm, as, yeah. as soon as you start speaking more they kind of become easier is that what everybody does like uh, <clears throat> they kind of jump around or does it, does somebody get uh, in a role like say like that's like the guy who's going to be doing just all the Revit work and he's going to be producing all that or uh, yeah not not everyone um, <clears throat> some of the people that like uh, more entry level I guess have to be more proficient in different software but uh, um, yeah other people are hired at either a different position or uh, for me I think it's more of a like I want to be I want to I want to go down that rabbit hole Uh like other people just kind of if they want to stay in there like yeah they'll just do Revit or they'll do Revit and SketchUp or whatever certain software yeah yeah but so, uh, you, so you, you so you have the freedom to like try new things or are they office or they don't have like a um say like you have to do it this way or it's just pretty much like <clears throat> there's yeah there's there's certain freedoms like as long as the work gets done you can you can propose something to like right. if something might be a better way to do it they're open to that they're always like look, looking for like how technology can help them out to like advance something but if it's getting in the way of like like you're, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you're just, you're just like, you can't produce anything. Then it's like, all right, you gotta, you gotta go back and like, right, just do it the standard way. Yes. So before we get stuck in the software talk, like, I guess what I'm most intrigued about is a much bigger scale of the inner workings of an office of that scale. Yeah. And um, kind of the way I visualize, uh, you know, projects of the scale that you guys are doing, you know, I, I kind of compared to recently, we had the opportunity at the office to work uh, for a short period of time on a hotel development. And, you know, sometimes you think you know enough and then it's not until you actually start doing it that you realize, oh, wow, there's a lot more consultants that need to be involved in this project just for me to even think about what it is, what that needs to be and where it needs to go. So I guess my question to you is, you know, it sounds like you do a lot of figuring out things with the models and kind of how to link all of this digital data, how to process it, you know, and kind of deliver you know, or in presentation form, yeah. but at what point, or, you know, like you get a big project, I mean, do you guys even think, or especially you, since, you know, we're talking to you, do you think about code? Do you think about, oh, this is probably not going to work because of egress, it's not going to work because of fire rating, or is that something that, like, that, that's kind of what I'm more intrigued, because I, when I look at big buildings, I get overwhelmed of how much knowledge it really takes to execute, Yeah. and, it, like, as far as, you know, your part, your work that you're doing at that Softy, um, how much of that knowledge are you actually implementing into the work that you're doing currently? Uh, just recently, the last project I did, uh, I got into to do all the way from schematic, or I guess even before, it was like pre-design, <clears throat> then into CDs. Uh, so like, I got to learn a lot about like how the code like is actually working. So, I, like, I spent like good amount of time just reading and like figuring out how like stuff was going to work as far as consultants yeah like that project was big it was a million square feet so then uh, like that is that was des- that is design build so then contractor takes care of most of the consultants we have some subs but uh, in that project we were not prime we we're I guess we were co yeah there was like two architects okay so you guys were more almost like a consultant yourself yeah, we were a consultant to the our uh, contractor, like the contractor hired, or like it was all together as a package, <clears throat> and then they it was uh, design build. So then, uni- the university would give us uh, uh, DPP 
like that was so that was basically maybe like a 50 percent schematic package i guess can it's, you explain it, what dpp is <laughs> develop uh detailed project programming so it's a it's like a it's a booklet explain oh, like a brief like, yeah, it's, you, it's it, yeah. They, it was like it was like a thousand pages saying Jesus. their design goals, <laughs> uh, um, what they wanted, uh, what the commu- like what the what the community wanted as the students, faculty. Um, so there's all this background, and then also yeah, like how much program, how everything was measured. So imagine, yeah, kind of like if. Like how how they measure things, so it's kind of like it's like a rule book. Yeah, CBC, mm-hmm. but for the university uh, or uh, so. Uh, so who gets that initial information? Like I, I assume that somebody has to be the main responsible head to kind of process all that info and then kind of trickle it down uh, to to the team. So uh, who's the primary person that you know like kind of breaks it down? Maybe puts it in layman's terms so that yeah, I think uh, in a traditional office it's more the architect, but since we are a smaller office everyone kind of was responsible for reading a lot of it uh so it was it was a lot of sharing and like cooperative sort of work uh yeah you just you just had to know it yeah like you can't just count on someone to to know everything because then they become like like how can you like uh be informed on like the whole book like you just forget things like it's not yeah right so you kind of rely on the fact that everybody's on board everybody almost like a book club everybody goes home reads the book and then you come back mm-hmm. and you share yeah exactly yeah synthesize summarize yeah we had spreadsheets for days um yeah how, uh, how much time is spent on this uh like reading and like dissecting all this information that that was a big like that was huge like i think we were we were going back and forth and to la because that that was the team we were with and like we were just huddled together in the conference room uh-huh. like working like uh all day on this just trying to figure out how to program and like so so that was the de- uh design build so then that way it worked out where there was three teams uh everyone got the same book uh there was three teams uh presenting to the university so then there was uh like an hour meeting hour and a half meeting each time and uh, you just got the those three meetings, and then after that, the university would pick a team, and then the contractor would have to sign uh, a document for uh, X amount of dollars. Yeah. And, like, you can't go over. So then it's called kind of, I guess the binding part is what you presented and then what is in that book at the beginning. So you're, you're held to keep those standards. So that's why it's so long. Like, they try to put in as much detail like as they mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. yeah so so this program book has uh with guidelines and stuff so, so they they're very specific about deliverables like what exactly do they want <coughs> like as a smart presentation like we want this these things and this so we can visualize it or the the presentation part no but i know they're starting to i think that was a result of our office but they're starting to put in this language that says they require like advanced uh modeling techniques um and i think i've seen it across like other offices or other other clients that are starting to require like they want to see like a better way to visualize like because not everyone can read drawings um so it just becomes hard so we've just been showing them like 
we've got like multiple softwares and like uh like <clears throat> recently we've, we've done the vr stuff and like they really like that because they can actually yeah. kind of see like what they're gonna get and then it kind of works within like revit so your construction documents just become um like something you can look at and review um of course it's more modeling but uh the university is just kind of like that um and then uh the the contractor too is going to start using um this they have they have like a drone they're, they're gonna use some cool technology uh uh I, I haven't spoken to them yet but like they're they're definitely trying to push the limit a little bit more and i think our project's going to become the first revit project because all, all of their previous um <clears throat> Um, for the but, school or for no, the, I mean like no, they, they have a, they've had Revit projects, but I mean like uh, the way they archive drawings is in that you at the end of when a, they have like this uh, archive of just like every building on site and like just and then physical, the, huh? like a physical copy of the digital. Um, they probably have a physical as well, but uh, yeah, like the way you would do it, you just you submit CAD drawings. So you you submit even though the projects in Revit like they archive everything in CAD. So, like, I think ours is going to be the first Revit one, and, like, the, after that, it's going to be, they're going to start transitioning more into, like, ha- yeah, our, 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 really yeah, pick the model apart. Yep. That's yeah. cool. How, how many people are in, on each, like, team that uh, you guys are? <clears throat> there was probably 100 people on that last team, more, maybe. The, the, we were, like, in uh, collaboration for Revit, <clears throat> so that was a... Uh, you guys have used, have you heard about that at all? Collaboration for Revit? No? What is it? It's, it's basically like, uh... Is that the 360? Yeah, the 360. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you're, it's like you're sharing a central model, but online. Yes. So like, uh... Yeah, we used that once in our office. Once, yeah. I mean, even that was great. It's trippy when you're working, and then you just hit that refresh button, and then all this information pops up. Yeah, because like someone else is working on it. Right, exactly. It's good, um, but then yeah, we had to set up some guide lines too, because like, it's like it's like stuck. You, 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 like yeah, there's so many people touching everything, so then it's like things got locked up, and like you have to keep syncing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the week before like a deadline, the model was just so slow because there was like, dude, I, I looked at the list. Of, there's like an IM page on the side that t- shows you everyone that's on the team. Online work on the model, yeah. Yeah, there was like yeah, there was at least fifty people at, like on it a day. Yeah, it was crazy, wow, but. That's- but yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool though yeah like seeing how yeah like yeah imagine uh, yeah a project of that scale like you just dude like your electrical people are building like six they're, they're doing all this stuff for six buildings uh so it's mechanical and like yeah you get to see everything kind of like populating but yeah it's it's a hell of a coordination issue like you're never updated like everything's like, someone it's like a you're chasing your tail kind of sometimes because yeah. Uh, it, it, it gets done like uh, you just have to freeze the model at some point and yeah finish up but how do you split the work like I know you have like you know like you said like mechanical electrical people but just for like say for like your architecture team like how do you like are you going to be in charge of like a, just one little task and like just uh, repeat it or what like, we had like, a gonna... I don't know how the other office worked but we had um, yeah we had basically project architect two of them <clears throat> then like uh one would oversee like university stuff one would oversee the uh so this was at the top and then one would oversee the office stuff 
then under that we had like a, another project architect kind of just dealing internally so they they would like those two upper people would just be at the university basically all the time because uh, there would just be oh so on top of the, on top of like how the machine's moving we're, they're also having meetings with the university and like other stuff is getting coordinated so it's important to like have all that information just like trickle down as fast as possible because like everything is just it doesn't stop um, so yeah then at the office we would have basically like a team captain so there would be someone in charge of a building <clears throat> so then they were more responsible for knowing all the like more of the DPP sort of uh, uh, requirements and then they would oversee like the drawings and then under them would just be like uh, just like a team of just like people helping their work and like those people would kind of be switching between buildings and like just wherever work was needed so I think o overall at the office we had like eight eight or ten people working on it so it was a big yeah. team for so our office yeah. on a more, more technical like uh, scale who's who's uh, in charge uh, or manages kind of the standards for modeling because we all know there's some shitty modelers out there yeah <laughs> There's some generic, some generic model or something yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, you know, something that's like, well, I can't, I can't do it. It's been two days trying to figure out how to make this family actually be a family, so yeah. I'm just going to generic model it and then populate it. And then whoever gets a hold of that neg, you're just like, fuck. I, I was responsible for a lot of that, so I, that's how I learned a lot of like the road stuff. So I had to make sure like this shit worked. So you guys don't actually have like a BIM manager? We have, we have a BIM manager, but I was basically working with him. Uh, so yeah, we, we yeah we, we created like this. We had like a thousand doors, and we had like a hardware set, and all they would send us was like a spreadsheet. So then, yeah, we just like looked online and figured out how to do it in Dynamo. So then this spreadsheet would just kind of populate, like uh, it would insert like a little sign to the hardware to see like what type it was from the spreadsheet to the family. So then it would just so you can actually create a schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like there was no there was no real there was no cheating. It was like, you know how you cheat in Revit sometimes? You try to fudge some stuff. Like, corners? That'll really mess you up on a project that big. Like, it just it just all kind of trickles. And, like, it, especially when you're trying to present, like, when you're using that same CD uh, model to, like... Yeah, but you're not modeling the actual hardware. You're just adding the information no, to no, like, yeah. a door. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like so, door so, type, and you just add yeah. this hardware for this door. Yeah, but, like, that, that's that's one... It's like spec writing. Yeah. No, like, that, that's one aspect, but, like, we're also using that model to, like, do our renderings. So then there was this time when, like, uh, Mark had, like, uh, he, like, I think someone asked him, like, hey, like, all these doors don't have doorknobs. Like, all right, like, because, like, we're looking at the render and it looks weird. Mm. And so then he added the, the doorknobs, but then he put it under, like, a the door category instead of like a generic category so it scheduled all the fucking doorknobs <laughs> yeah uh so like there's there's some stuff like that where you have to like coordinate yeah, yeah you're, you're coordinating render stuff at the same time as construction document stuff so you have to be very careful about like how you're putting stuff into the model because like it, it'll read same thing with like like painting walls like you don't really want to paint walls because then like no, yeah, I get it. Like, you always want to create like the wall type so that yeah. first one you can tag it. Yeah. You know, but yeah, but and these guys laugh because in our scale, I mean, it's like yeah, the scale is huge. You're the only person yeah, on the like, driver's seat, so yeah. you know 
what you're doing. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? Like, you know you overrid that wall, so yeah. you, but, like, mm, someone else might not, and then yeah. they're, they're going to get stuck. They're like, why is it like this? Why is it siding, but it's showing stucco? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't I get it. That's crazy, man. So, oh. I, mean, that's, I mean, yeah, that seems like it's pretty intense for that scope of project. So, what about, how does the dynamic work when, let's say, that the project is maybe, uh, you know, multi, you know, multi-family development, where, like, you guys don't need any outside help, and it's all, all you guys in-house. You guys are designing it. You guys yeah. are... Uh, doing the construction documents how, how does the team look like then and what's your role and responsibility in a project of that scale if you worked on one uh i have not but i can kind of speak like th- there's basically so if you work on the housing and small multi-dwelling unit projects you're either you usually it's usually like a like kind of like what you guys do so it's like just one person and they, they kind of manage the whole project process and then they kind of request help when they need it, um, and then that's when someone comes in to like help them out. It's like so, like a small team develops to like get like CDs done or something mm-hmm. or DD something to submit to the city. Um, yeah, like, are you asking more like is the process sort of the same like as far as like Revit or like or Not just so like how Revit, it works? For me, it's more about uh, kind of like management. You know, like sure, there's one person, but Who's making decisions, you know, who's saying yes, no, like, don't do that, like, move it this way. Is there, like, a... Oh, yeah. How so, far along is it designed before it gets handed off to, like, build a 3D model? It's um, it's, it's very... How does that, like, that, that uh, I guess, line, chain of command work? It's very, it's very involved with Tom Ricardo a lot. Um, so they're, yeah, they'll be involved in, like, almost every project, and it'll it'll go, kind of go from phase to phase. So it's, it's never, it's never, like... A, hand it off like it's never just like all right here like it's done like just finish just do get it through the city get it get it uh, signed off and then get it built like there's there's always like decisions to be made and like um maybe like a change that has to happen because like now it's being reviewed in a different way or if code says change it because of something like maybe that means change something else um but yeah like it's it's uh like it's not. It's not the machine that it was like with the, what was I explaining before, where like right. there's like this whole uh, like uh, more like uh, corporate process, I guess. It's. I mean, it, we definitely are not corporate, but like that was the most structured, I think, that we because like we have to be right. like, for that scale. But like at, at a housing or small unit size, like that's it's easier to kind of just like be more flex. Like it's like ebb and flow of like how design might more should be kind of. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it should be, but like it's 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 a nice process to ha- like to 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 be at, uh, yeah, because you get to kind of, it's I guess that in that way maybe it's more like art, like you get to kind of feel it out and like see see how things it's something more manageable. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, so, so just be like, let me just switch. This yeah, let me just try this. Angle, so, or try yeah, this roof line yeah. and see what you guys think. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's definitely more by discovery. Change the roof line on the, I guess. The other project now you're talking about well it's actually the plumbing engineer and <laughs> yeah yeah Ch- cha- changing the roof line like oh my god like you have to call so many people like it's it's ridiculous uh, and then they and then, and then, people agree but then it fucks up the disciplines of five other people yeah you have to make sure yeah on like yeah, the like, big project you have to make sure you're calling the right person because like if if the right person's not okaying the, th- the the decision then it's like meaningless and like no one knows like they didn't dis- they didn't distribute the uh uh, work to like their, their like whatever HVAC people or plumbing or 
you know? Yeah, there would be sometimes these decisions that would happen and like, it would just be word of mouth and like not, not everyone would get the memo. Yeah. It's like this weird uh, game of phone tag. It's crazy. <laughs> No, and that's exactly why I was intrigued to like talk to you because how we deal with projects at our office, it's already overwhelming. And maybe it's because it's one person and you're literally dealing with all the consultants yeah. on your own. But if that's overwhelming, like, well, like, yeah, what if when you do a project of such magnitude, like, like what then? Like, what is, like, you know, as an employee, like, what's hey. my responsibility and how, you know, like, how do I even the get The other thing, anything? too, is, uh, like, we're managing, you know, five six projects at a time so it's like that one project that's overwhelming it it just it's that much more because well, yeah, you're also time, yeah. juggling you know well, two or three other like when i first started working there and you kind of get one project going it's like there's downtime you know because you're just like okay i'm done but now it's like not only you're working on your current project yeah, you have but now you have three in construction yeah. that are requiring rfis you know and like resolution that now i spent literally the first three days of almost every day for me it's maybe just you know um housekeeping and yeah. administered work like just administrative just sending emails mm -hmm. like fixing issues yeah i haven't heard back from you on this issue for the past few days like just checking in yeah you know and, and then it's almost like it, it's just this weird it's a weird it's a weird uh kind of flow where like it's no longer fluid because now now you're racing against time to try to get a model finished <coughs> and try to get this rfi resolved yeah and then you know, the structure guy agrees, but the contractor said it's going to throw a project over budget, and then you're like, okay, where I compromise, you know? But uh, that was my little... Yeah, I think that's right. a struggle working in an office is, like, you got to manage, I guess, like, all these projects that are happening, and then you don't know what's going to really come up. So that, that, that one project you expected to have only 10% of your time is, like, now taking 80% of your time. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I think we sort of started doing this thing where, like, we'll meet up, like, on Mondays and, like, try to talk through, like, what the week looks like at that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind of helps, like, uh, manage it a little better because, like, you, you can't really, I don't know, like, you can kind of try to plan it out for, like, a month ahead, but, like, it's going to, yeah, it's going to, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like modeling. Something's like, yeah, I can have that in 10 minutes, and then it turns out that one yeah. model is fixed, it's... <laughs> And other times, like, well, it's probably going to take a couple of days, and then you're done, like, in 30 minutes. It's sometimes yeah. hard to read, you know? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, they'll ask you to change something, and you're like, oh, wow, like, that's going to impact structural or something. Yeah. Might take a lot longer. So for uh, for any, like, students listening, uh, what was your, I guess, like, your biggest struggles coming from architecture school, and, like, <coughs> what skills were, like, the most beneficial that you learned in school, if any? Or... Did you have a lot of trouble just adjusting to the office environment coming from studio? Yeah, just, I guess the, coming from studio was more like, yeah, I was always working at night. Right. Uh, so, like, that was a big hurdle for me. There, there were some times where I, I would just wake up late. I would wake up at 9.30, 10, See. and I would have to call into the office like, hey, I, I overslept. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like no one does that <laughs> like, i think i was the only one who ever done that uh who, who had ever done that um but uh yeah as far as like skills yeah like uh i i was always into software so like that's that's kind of like what helped me out um and like uh helped me kind of strive over there but uh yeah like just 
basic understanding of others just like design skills just drawing helps like how to actually work through a problem uh yeah like like basic studio stuff I'm just gonna say i mean nothing related with like uh modeling or anything but just articulating man yeah <laughs> like just really never like say what you're trying to do and like in a coherent like sentence that people can understand because I'm in my head kind of guy all the time. Like sometimes I'll be thinking yeah. a thought, and then mid thought I'll start speaking, like thinking that everybody was listening to my <laughs> yeah. inner monologue. You make yeah. no sense at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. sure. And, and the other like, one, having a skill to just like articulate, yeah. you know, the, the one, one the always... problem and the you know the yeah. solution is, is I think is very crucial in, in the field for sure. Yeah, totally, yeah, that gets me every once in a while because like I think that I understand the problem, but then when I you know you know solve it no or when i have to like explain talk to christian about it or you know explain it to him but i'm like oh wait <laughs> what is the problem <laughs> but another kind of a follow-up question was there anything with the school or any students that are listening what <clears throat> what were your expectations like going into an office like what did you think was gonna what it was gonna be like and what was it actually like Because I think, uh, I don't know if we've talked, yeah. I, I don't think you had done yeah. any, like, internships at a... No, I hadn't. That yeah, was, like, my like, first office job. Um, yeah, I didn't think I was going to be working on huge projects. Like, what I'm working on, like, those just seemed like they were so far, <clears throat> far-reaching. Like, like, I didn't even know how to become part of those sort of, like, huge uh, development uh sort of projects um yeah like i was expecting kind of to be working on like uh smaller sort of ho- housing stuff mm-hmm. uh, but uh that was just kind of going in there blind like I-, I didn't know what to expect uh yeah i just got interviewed and offered me a job and i was like all right well like let's 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 see what happens and then it was just went for a ride um yeah i like I had like zero, like, like almost expectations. Like mm. I just kind of wanted to see what it was like. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you go to school studying for this thing, and like now you gotta go there, see it. So we all have this uh, thing when we get kind of burned, um, like about the work, you know? Yeah. Uh, so how do you say motivate it? Uh, just gotta yeah, like a campy. Yeah, go camp. Like you, you sell my fishing stuff, like. Gotta pick up hobbies and start, yeah, have a separation between work and... Just turn off architecture. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta turn it off. That's uh, for you, Hector, right? Yeah. You much. can't turn it off. I never turn it off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you got it. But for me, it's more like, I, I say motivated with the small wins, too. Like, maybe sometimes, like, there's, like, an issue that can't get resolved, and then it gets resolved, and even though it's nothing to do with design... Yeah. Or, or the process of getting the, you know, um, sure. moving forward, you, it, 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 you feel accomplished. Yeah. Like, hell yeah, like, there was this issue, I finally solved it, like, whether it was structural through, like, mechanical, whatever it was, and I think those little moments kind of hit, like, a little reset button, like, okay, I can do this for another, like, you know, month or so. <laughs> <laughs> That's how short it is. All right, two more hours, I'm good. I'll have to revisit this in a month. Uh yeah. The other thing is like what helps is like having different projects. So then if like yeah. if I get burnt out on like something I can't figure out, like I'll just switch and like I'll do something that I can I know I can do and like I'll finish it like in a day. Sometimes what gets me 
like like what really gets to me is like these things that you can't really ever finish like sometimes you just won't like it's just weird like this thing where it's like yeah like i was saying before where it's like this cat and mouse or like you're chasing your tail where it's like you're constantly updating stuff but yeah you just have to kind of stop at some point and uh yeah like it's let it go yeah it's just it's just helpful to have like a side project where you can just kind of meet yeah. certain deadlines or like say like oh okay I got this done or like yeah, yeah. no that can be Check sent out yeah kind of like the thing where you're talking about that you do the plumbing plan first because it's a small win you know just yeah, keep uh, yeah even within CDs I was just talking about that like <laughs> sometimes like small when you get into CDs and you're just like okay you kind of already done the fun part you modeled it you got perspectives going each other time they're stoked and then you get started, just like, uh, CDs. so much, yeah, so much stuff. Yeah, I like to do plumbing because we do our plumbing plans and electrical plans in, in, our, in the office. Yeah. And for me, the plumbing plan is pretty simple that I can bang it out in a day and it just gives me a sense of accomplishment. Like, I totally just banged out the plumbing for you, <laughs> <Sure>. know, like <laughs> this project. For sure. And like, it, everything's specked out, the sheet's all set up, and it's like you walk away, it's like, all right, one day. Productive like, day. Productive yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. That has to be. Um, you kind of kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on the challenges of working on the large scale projects, both in the logistical difficulty of managing? You know, I think you said it was like a million square foot project. Yeah, and then also just <clears throat> managing the expectations of each team member, like I, I guess holding accountable who. Because I can see in when there's that many people involved, it'll just get tossed around like the responsibility, like oh I didn't, you know I didn't hear back from the structural, so like I couldn't do anything, and then the structural's like well I didn't hear from. No, we yeah we we avoided that part of it as much as possible because like we would have, <clears throat> I mean I wasn't managing that thing, but like there would be a spreadsheet of all the decisions that needed to be made like there'd just be line item of line item of just like did we hear from this person like who did you call and like when did you call them and then it'd be like is this issue resolved and like then we would just like uncheck things off like this huge spreadsheet of just like everything had to be itemized and everything had to be accounted for because like you can't just write it down or you can't just have it in your head because you're going to forget about it yeah. like there's just too many decisions so like I guess logistically yeah there's just so many things but you just have to keep making this huge list of like thing and like and say like yeah who resolved it who answered you um and then when was the decision made it's like yeah it's like you're taking meeting minutes but like for the whole project mm -hmm. of like yeah. coordination issues that need to be resolved the project log very much you log everything yeah yeah. yeah yeah yep yep uh, final question maybe so when you wake up in the morning and you go to work <laughs> are you still stoked to go to work or do you always have that uneasy feeling of like you don't know what the day is going to bring today I'm always adventurous about like what what might happen during the day and it's always get to work and it's like it's cool that like I don't always know what's going to happen uh, like sometimes it's not the best thing but like it's it's still good that like like I don't know like, I would be more bummed out if I got to work and, like, I knew exactly what I needed to do mm. every day. That just become kind of predictable. And, you know, cause then, cause then once you, once you know you're going to do that day, then you know what you're going to do, like, in a week, in two weeks, like, 
like if if no new projects are coming up and like uh it's kind of like the bummer about like what's happening I guess I have one one more question. Alright, go for it. So, the projects we've collaborated on, like inside of school as well as outside, have always had a component of using software, usually just writing on Grasshopper, to inform the design as well as the fabrication of the project. um, Have you been able to implement this skill at Softy? And if so, at what capacity has it been used? Yeah. a lot of grasshopper uh we've at first i was using it we had like this crazy like 3d geometry uh that we were doing um that was overseas and like so that's when i first introduced them to it this was like right when i got hired so uh like it, it was it was a good project to like really flex in and like I learned a lot in grasshopper and then after that I kind of became I kind of brought that into more practical skills so then I used it for like GIS like zoning analysis like uh, just like all this calc stuff and then like uh, uh, yeah we we would use it for like all these like uh, uh, multi-dwelling units so then we just stack all these boxes together and I can measure them all really quickly and see how many unit types, unit percentages, like a whole breakdown. So it'd be kind of like, we'd be like studying like various forms of either just um, like type five or type three modified. Or like if we go to a tower, like, like uh, what does that mean? Like how many more units can you get? Like what's the size turned into now? So it's, it's been helpful for, us to show like the client like all these different options and like quickly kind of calculate like what will like happen what the numbers look like yeah yeah and they could take that into their uh into their pro pro forma like sort of uh document and see how how that works out um what else have i used it for i still haven't used grasshopper with revit i've been kind of trying to do dynamo and uh Oh, just like other, just like, uh, yeah, like GIS stuff. So it's been gathering like topography and learning about how civil works. So like I've been able to figure out how to like link in like civil with like sand GIS and like some other image program and kind of like hone in on like how Revit has like survey points and like how everyone's kind of working. So like, uh, it's helped to like share like it's helpful to to know that i can share files with civil and like they know where like the project is i think we we've had like other projects where just like someone just assumes like all right well the architect's gonna set like some arbitrary zero or something and like uh it just gets annoying when like you're sharing files and like it doesn't like no one really knows where your project is um ironically we don't do that we actually that's like the first thing we do She's popping the civil drawings into Revit. Popping the survey. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I think when it's we, when we have a survey. Yeah, I know. It's always a, that's 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 a running joke. <laughs> the officer's like, "Oh, you want me to start modeling with the, without the survey first? Yeah, yeah, because then you start at an arbitrary zero, which is you, whatever you finish grade, and then you, yeah. you move up or down from there. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's a bummer. So I guess just uh, following up on Hector's question, uh, with all the skill set that. You, in your experience at this office, where do you see your future self? Do you see yourself like moving up and working on a bigger 
uh, office, like uh, more corporate, or do you see yourself working on a? Where do you see a, yourself in five years <laughs> from now? In a smaller, in a smaller scale, like working for yourself or something like that. Uh, I'm still trying to figure that part out. Uh, definitely, yeah. Even at my office, I've kind of, kind of positioned myself a little bit more on like the technical side. Um, so I kind of either want to explore that <coughs> and, uh, I don't know, we'll see if like some research happens cause of it, like, I don't know, like I've always been to like R and D, like, uh -huh. so I kind of want to bring that back. Like how you were talking about, like, you want to do your arts, like the, the photo montage stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of want to do more, like come back to research and design. No, yeah. I mean, I think that's great. Cause I, I don't know. I feel like, like I said, even if you start off as like exercises, I think that might trigger something that actually manifests itself into some, some legitimate research through that you know process yeah i think that's why that's i mean that's the reason why a lot of these companies have little like r&d departments where they're just kind of playing around quote unquote yeah and sometimes um can't think of any example but i think i mean for sure like you know the tech companies have like google facebook amazon they all have like a component of that where they're just kind of <clears throat> creating yeah they'll have like those creating little programs yeah. just for the sake of they'll have like those 24 hour builds yeah, like or a, something like, like a, a hackathon yeah hackathons yeah yeah that'd be cool they do actually hackathons in San Diego they do? yeah but they're for I think Adobe runs some of them uh, I don't know any like uh, I know Adobe's like standard stuff but I don't know like Dreamweaver or I think they have like UX now. Uh, yes, I don't know. I don't know how to code exactly. Yeah, I, was, I hardly know. I, even, I barely know how to use a computer. So just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Please turn it on. <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a reality of things. You know, like the kids. I'm, I'm assuming the people who show up for those things are super young nowadays. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, the new generation knows how to work the stuff, not just like. Use it. I, I, yeah. I feel like it's become the opposite because, like, the new generation is just used to like, you, yeah, you just, know, it's touching just and you know, like the the <clears throat> iPad, the yeah, where there's no there's there's no um, thinking past like the, the the obvious, like what's well, there's that small percentage that are curious and they want to yeah. figure out how it works. Well, I, I think that's the thing with like that that Adobe software, the UX one. It's like it's like Photoshop for apps. So yeah, I guess it's not like you're really coding, but like you're just putting together like how the phone might work. Mm -hmm. So like I think that's kind of a weird way to work. I don't know. Like it's just kind of you're setting up like like an app, but like that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't really pull any information. It's like it's just kind of a dummy app that kind of moves around like how you would. You it's kind of like a PowerPoint maybe. Like you kind of explain like how it's yeah. gonna work. Essentially, it's like it's that, that a clay car model, you know, before they actually. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like a pitch, I assume, yeah. right? Yeah, I would assume that's what it is. Like yeah. somebody's got to design it first, and then, yeah. you know, let the coders figure out how to actually make it work. Yeah. But no, I mean, going back to the whole like the new gen, I think the new gen's gonna be super obviously software savvy. Like my daughter at school, part of like their science, I guess part of the day they actually play video games, but you make the characters move by coding. 
So if you want them to like walk forward or whatever, then there's like they're they're actually really like code. simple, like a simple code. Like and I feel dash like, walk or something, uh, right? So some, you know, something like that. So I think like, can you imagine if you get introduced to something like that and you're actually the kid that actually does enjoy that? By the time you get to like yeah, middle school or high school, you're gonna be developing like yeah. a bunch of shit. And that's when you get architecture back into elementary schools. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, I mean, I think that's that's. It's all about exposure. That's because if a kid doesn't know that's out there, then there's no way. Yeah, I mean that's the difference between going to school and college. I feel like we're like going to grading ourselves back into a different podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about property taxes, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> what about? Do you have any questions for us? Because I know, like, you know, we talk about it. And it's all we're always kind of like sharing notes about like how we do things at our office compared to how you guys do things at our office. There's always like that, like oh shit, like do you guys, you guys do that at your office? Cause, uh, yeah, well, well, more like on just yeah, like how, how do you guys like work by yourselves all the time? Like it's kind of crazy. <laughs> well, see, the it's hardest really part about that is like there's only one person to fault for mistakes. So you know. <laughs> exactly, like you get you like you, you don't want to pick up the slack one day and like it's just you're just shooting yourself in the foot, right? Like it's like you yeah. motivate yourself, dude. It's crazy. I mean, it kind of the same thing with what you were saying about having the doing the plumbing plan first, and you know, I definitely if I don't feel like like tackling like the challenging drawings, yeah. like I'll do like um, I don't know like a schedule or just go through and make sure all my yeah. notes are legit or you know do yeah. like just do like the dumb. That's what I was going with. Like, really, like at that point, that just that's like just there's no gray area this is it's work dude you know what i mean like at that point it's just like you're just like working now yeah it's just like uh so i mean i, I think that's why motivation is always like a word that pops up because sometimes it is hard to stay motivated like after you already kind of done the fun stuff you figure out all the problems yeah. and resolve all the issues and now it's just like okay now i just gotta produce essentially the manual you know yeah yeah damn i think the hard part about it for me too is like uh since i i don't know I don't have too much experience, like, in, like, uh, actually completing a building, so then, it's like, if I was working by myself, like, I don't know who I would go to all the time, or, like, look to for, like, question, like, if I had a question about, like, how something was going to get detailed, or something, like, if I... Yeah, that's kind of, like, leading back, that was kind of the question I was asking earlier, like, how does that chain of command work, like, if you're working on a certain portion of your work... Like, who's your go-to person? We're like, hey, this is not going to work. We might have to change this. Yeah, we have go-to people. How does that go up the ladder? And then who makes that final call, you know? For us, it's like we just turn to the principal, you know? They're like, what do you think about this detail? You know, if you're like, either two people, either like less experienced people, like they'll look for him to like draw it for you or you take a, you know, an attempt at it and then you show him and then, which I think is obviously the better route. Yeah, well, yeah, if if someone has a question about like a detail, like we'll usually get like two... Yeah, like, we'll ask somebody and, like, kind of work through it and, like, maybe you get, like, another person involved and, like, you kind of just, yeah, it's the same way. You just turn to the person, like, you just talk to them and, like, they're fine. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Uh, Best route to do it. And, but what was lucky about the big project is we had, like, a detail consultant, too, so, like, that was good. Yeah. How does that work? Who who is that? Well, they were waterproofing, like, Uh, little waterproofing details. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta cover your ass for that. Yeah. Do you know how much they paid out here? No. 
you know anything about that money that they spend on like the exchanges of money? Yeah, like I always know because consultants like, are probably almost always getting paid more than us. Like how much the university pays the, the office? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, well, I think th- it's this public information because huh? it's a public I mean, university. I yeah, I think so. It's publicly funded. Yeah, it's probably. True. That's true. It has to. What university was this? UCLA. UCSD. Oh. So like you'll see, you'll see like a. I don't know, like, I guess, since the money's going to the contractor, the contractor distributes all the money. Oh, so, see. like, yeah, I don't know how it works. You know. But, yeah, that's, that's how it's happened. Nice. Yeah. Anything, anything else to add? That's it. Thanks for sitting in with us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for... Thanks, bro. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> cool.